Welcome to the Seven Figure Salon Podcast. I'm your host, Helena Gibson, founder of Strut Hair Solutions and creator of the Seven Figure Salon Academy. If you are new to our show, welcome. This is your one-stop shop for tips, tricks on how to run a successful salon or beauty business. This week for episode 37, I am so excited as we have a special guest with us, Miss Grega, who owns Grega LA Salon in LA. Yes. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you so for, much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad we were mm -hmm. able to uh, make that work work out. Me it's too. Hard <laughs> busy stylists together. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to chat with you a little bit. My assistant, uh, Brooke, had found you. And one of the things that really um, grabbed her was the fact that you opened during the pandemic. You just opened your salon in January, right? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a brave thing. So mm -hmm. I would love it if you'd share a little bit about that, about your story. Did you, um, were you planning on opening before the pandemic hit or was it pushed off? Was this really when you wanted to open? Walk us through how that kind of went, went down for you. Well, so I guess, you know, always how it starts is with an idea and with an idea always goes, okay, I can't just jump into it. I want to do it smart, you know, in a way, a more of a calculated risk, but didn't know the calculated risk would involve a pandemic. So, you know, 2019, just kind of looking for spaces that were, you know, just um, reasonable price parking for clients, you know, it's so much elements and just like opening a salon. It's definitely not like, here's a, a room, you know, I mean, and also right. just trying to keep a lot of that, like thinking if I was a client going to a new place, like what would be, you know, just like um, convenient or, you know, just thinking of those elements in that. So anyways, looking around and finally found this great spot and we happened to sign the lease in February, 2020. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. So it was like a rumor, you know, we were hearing stuff that was going on. But I just thought like, oh, okay, you know, that's kind of crazy, but you know what? Like, hopefully if it comes here or if it doesn't, you know, we can just, it should, it shouldn't be that long. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, just like everything we signed it, it just seemed all great. And then the world just like flipped upside down, you know? And oh I, yeah. So it was one of those things where me and my husband, he's also my, my silent business partner. He helped me design the place, everything and support yeah. supporter. We all need a support or hype person, hype man. And yeah. I was, I was thinking, okay, there's no way, like we've got to stop this, right? Like this is foolish, but just somehow he was like, no, you know, um, like, I think this is a good idea. And I, and I deep down believed it, but I was just so scared, right? Everybody right. is scared. And of right. course, as time kept going on, especially in California and LA, it was just all over the place, open, close, open, close. And so I just said, all right, well, you know, <laughs> let's just build this in the background. I was just running a little chair for a while. So when I could work, take my clients in, but I just, this whole time, without doing too much, we definitely had a project in our hands, just kind of dealing with construction, as we all know, dealing with contractors, this and that, it, it, it's challenging. But then again, global pandemic, so construction would happen, it would stop, it, it was really just basically testing patience, um, I guess, hope and faith out there. Oh, and, and you were also, in LA. 
which yeah. is that which for California, if any of you guys don't know, we were the epicenter for the pandemic as far as LA was like totally closed down. When I would drive through to my other store in Fresno, mm -hmm. all the bathrooms were closed. There was yeah. nowhere to use the restroom. I mean, you guys were. I mean, so it must have been hard getting the contractors and all of that stuff, right? And then how did you sustain yourself? You had like a solo salon or something. I mean, you worked somewhere because that was a, yeah. that was a whole year, right? Yes. And so same thing. It was it really for the first time, I think anyone in hair, you know, we used to be so we are resilient. I do believe that. But, okay. you know, we really had no problem dealing with really, um, I guess what you would say is uh, layoffs, right? You know, salons never had to worry about layoffs. We And then when there was a, let's say a uh, recession, yes, maybe people weren't getting their hair done as often, but no matter what, people will always save money to get their hair done. If Whether they're going for a job interview Agreed. or they just want to feel good, that was always gonna, that was always gonna be, you know, it's just that they were gonna come in for that. And then of yeah. course, like again, then, we hit with, oh, if this is face-to-face, -face, that that really put a lot of people in an interesting spot because, right, really hair, we have to do that in person. You can't Zoom how to balayage your hair to a client who's never dealt right. with bleach. And it right. really was, yeah, it really kind of all, I mean, at least for me and some stylists I talked to, even if the the closures weren't as strict as other places, there was that kind of... Um, dilemma of like, well, what if, you know, we, we can't work from home. I mean, you can bring people in, but it's like, do you want to bring people in? Strangers. In your, yeah. yeah. So it really put us in a weird, uh, hard predicament. And of course, like most of us were actually, most stylists are um, self-employed. And this was the first time most of us qualified for it because I've been 1099 right. self-employed since uh, 2012. So, you know, of course, uh, unemployment yeah. never never, uh, never counted for, for most of, yeah, yeah. for most, yeah. especially any small business, right? Like that's, yeah. oh no, you're in a different uh, group. So that did sustain us. And also my husband working from home really helped, but it really okay. was a lot of like, oh my gosh, like, what do, what do we do? So that yeah. helped us. And prior to that, we had saved up money. So I think really with all this, um, seeing that as much as a lot of hairstylists it, are, are more creative, but we have to kind of, or if we, if we aren't delegate the analytical side of like, someone should really write the numbers down. I hate math, but I have to do it. You know, it's not fun finances. But it, yeah. You, mm -hmm. you, so you, um, so for anybody that's thinking about opening a salon now, or that has one, I find when I talk to salon owners, they don't all know their numbers. And you were saying your husband was your silent kind of silent partner and stuff. So before you open and during the pandemic, if you had mm -hmm. almost 12 months, like 11 months before you opened, how, what kind of discussions did you guys have? And did you have enough saved up to, you know, sustain you for a couple months, especially opening in January? We weren't, the vaccine had just come out. I mean, we were close right. like two weeks in January. Oh yeah. So how did you decide to open then too? Why did you do then? I think what really helped was sitting down and breaking down the numbers. And I think it's not the fun part in our business. It really isn't. Right. But if you're going to open up, you have to have to at least have an idea because I think we're just like, woo, going to Cosmoprof, buying all these cool things. And, you yeah. know, and I I've been there, but if we don't really, especially, well, okay, there's that there's, you know, now you're paying for, you know, like AC when, if it gets really mm -hmm. hot and really it's those things to anticipate. And I think prior to that, we had actually 
done the numbers and it was kind of calculating. So again, as much as if that's not your thing, I would either hire someone or if you have like a really trustworthy accountant, like at least get a good idea. And even when I, I still have to kind of check myself, like when I'm buying like, Ooh, that looks cool. This would be good for the salon. And it, it's okay to splurge, of course, right, like of course. once in a while, but, but I really think that it really has to get, you have to know, like, what if this happens? And now what if another pandemic happens? Like, I don't want I don't that to happen. That. Oh gosh. But I <laughs> know, but I mean, you know, like it's going to become yeah. a new um, it, it is. protocol or like a lot of jobs. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's not, I mean, I would never, you know, wish that upon anyone to go through that ever, but I just think that it is kind of a, or maybe someone gets sick, you know, let's say not pandemic or, you know, but what if like someone got injured or sick and also with our field too, right? If someone mm-hmm. breaks their arm snowboarding, yeah. you know, or whatever, you know, it really is kind of that. And again, with our business, we're lucky we get that money quick, but it's also just kind of putting that. So I think that really helped prior. So there were times where I'm like, oh my God, let's just, I can't like, what am I? I'm crazy. And then it was nice. My husband would be like, the analytical side would be like, remember, we calculate, look at the numbers. I think you just have to kind of see it because if you're just kind of guessing, like, oh, like, I think it's like this plus this is like, you have to get it. Like, as they say, like either intentions or whatever, write it down because you really see it. And it, instead of just kind of guessing in your head, that's where you kind of come up with, you know, surprises that you don't want. So I think that really well, helps. And you don't know the wrong numbers. Out. Because I find that most mm-hmm. of the salon owners I talk to will tell me, oh, I do $1,000 days, but they don't cut in what it costs them to rent the space or, you know, the color, the, like you yes. said, the electricity, yes. all of these other things. So really what I find is most of them make minimum wage actually when they take everything out of it, which is why I created the seven figure salon. And it's so mm-hmm. funny that you naturally went there to the numbers with such a successful salon yourself, you know, because that is, it's so important that numbers are the most important mm. because if you don't have the sales, eventually you'll end up closing. Yeah. And I know it's, most of us don't, cause we are creatives, we're artists, but again, if that's not your thing, someone you trust, just handle it. And sometimes it is yeah. kind of like, you know what? I went a little like, like maybe later if you're like, I want this cool neon sign for the salon. Well, those things are like almost Five hundred dollars Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it doesn't, yeah. And that doesn't mean you can't have that. It's just like, okay, like, what do I really need? Okay. Maybe I'll budget for that as much as we're like, no, I need this. If that's the one thing you'll put on fine, but you know, it really, like you said, it's, it's, um, it's so important because a lot of salon owners do end up dealing with that. And I think that's, and I wanted to make sure from day one, even though it's not the fun part, I want to know these things every night or at the end of the week, dedicate 30 minutes to an hour, just do your P and L's or like, just figure out the stocks again. You know, it's, it really, at first I was just like, so boring, but it's made me realize like, no, I actually know because later on, I'd really like to do this for the salon and the stylist. I'd rather put that there. Then you make good, happy stylists. And then they produce you more work instead of just buying random things. And, you know, it's such a hole. So I think it's just keeping that in mind and, um, you know, just remembering that. Mm -hmm. And tell me why you opened in January. That was the second part to my question. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know why? Because literally they're like, by the way, uh, within two days, LA can open. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. I think we're ready. So prior to that in, um, 
last year, you know, when uh, all the cases were going up, salons were closed again, or at least in LA in December. And I even heard in like Europe too, they were all shut down, you know, for a while. So I yeah. thought, you know what, this is a perfect time. I gave my notice to my other place. Normally I would give a two weeks notice, but technically we couldn't open. So I figured, you know what, this is, I, you know, the usual, hi, I have to reschedule everyone. All my, every client was kind of knowing how it went with, with on the on and off closures. So yeah. I, so I realized, okay, you know what? I don't know if they're going to let us open in a month, three months, four months, but when they say we can open, I'm ready. And it just timing wise, the salon build out was pretty much done around December, like oh, getting okay. there. Yeah. So it was just kind of a weird timing. And I thought, you know what, when they're, when I want to make sure it's completely ready. Cause you know, as we know, construction, I could keep talking about the salon, but it was like, here's this gaping hole that might eventually be a sink. You know, I wanted right. to actually, besides talking about it, I wanted to show, I have, I wanted something to show for it. So, yeah. So I, so once, you know, I was, let's just focus on building this and figuring out the best way to slowly launch it because you just don't open or you can, but I wanted to like, also, just because we we're open, I wanted to provide an experience. I didn't just want to be like makeshift, like, oh, dunk your head in the sink. You know, I wanted it to be like oh, ready. Yeah. So, you know, and so um, once they said it was basically wrapping up, we were pretty much done building by mid-January. So I think January 20-something, they said salons can open. I said, all right, here okay. You know, and all my, my clients, guess what? Your new, your appointments are still there who had rescheduled, but it will be at this new place. So it actually just kind of, and then it just took off from there. I just thought like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll just say I opened and the explosion of, from something that was a really, you know, hard time for everybody and yeah. unsure ended up just being a very positive, uplifting thing. Like so many people were coming out to support, like just you know, when good. people say, oh, people came out of the woodwork, like usually it's a bad thing. It was a good thing. Like people, thing. I just did, had no idea coming out like, oh, I just want to send everyone over. And, you That's know, nice. I want to, yeah. yeah, everyone was coming out and it was more than just words. Like people were really like, just like, kind of like our friend Greg opened up a salon and it was, and then at first it was me and another girl, um, um, started working too. We were, I was to the point where, and again, not a bad problem to have. I was going, oh my God, like we were getting like 30 text messages, not just for me, but like, Hey, yeah. there's a new salon and the neighborhood was really excited. Yeah. The community were like, what neighborhood oh. are you in? Um, it's called Glacelle park. So it's in like right by Atwater village in LA, like kind of by okay. Eagle rock. And, um, yeah. and it's a lot of like young families. It's a yeah. lot of people, young professional. And it was just people coming in. I didn't think I was going to get any walk-ins and I'm just going, Oh, um, here's a card. Oh my God. You know? So it just like, um, it was like overwhelming. And also I think everyone needed, <laughs> needed their hair. Everybody too, did. Right? And a lot of people yeah. left out of hair. I found that people yeah. were trying new places. We got a lot of new clients. And then when we first opened, you couldn't work on multiple clients at one time. So yeah. then people would try new salons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, a lot of us got extra clients as well. And people were, you are so correct. They're so generous and so like supportive and just happy that we're all here still. Yeah. And you just saw like, really nice. yeah, people just really wanting to support small businesses and realizing That's how true. much, yeah, how much salons really did suffer. And, you know, like where some were like, oh, you know, and again, everyone went through something, but it was like, they 
if anything, made more money just working from home. So it's like, yeah. hey, look, if, if salons did end up kind of raising their prices or, you know, your, your appointment will take longer because it isn't a touch up. It's you're starting some people from scratch, right? Oh, some so people, it wasn't, they didn't yeah. even touch it. Yeah. I mean, they were mm-hmm. not normal root touch ups. You had to actually add extra time. And what we did was mm-hmm. we added a buffer to give people for a lot of people that hadn't come out till they had their shots time to just, um, to just talk. I found that a lot of people just wanted to tell about their experience through yes, COVID yes. and you needed to build that time. That in. is so true. I had to be like, Oh my God, we've just been chatting, you know? Oh yes. Gosh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we started building an extra 15 minutes in just purely. So we raised our prices a little bit, which I noticed a lot of people did. And then I don't know about you, but I noticed a lot of the vendors, everybody's raising their prices everybody, right now. Everybody, everybody. And mm-hmm. so that has been kind of a challenge, just keeping the team um, excited that even though the prices are going up, I'm like, it's going up across the board. It's not just us, right? Yeah, are you seeing exactly. that too? Yeah, yeah, everywhere. And you know, and another good point I like someone brought up, it's like, okay, you know, even though our prices are like everywhere's gone up, some people have literally stayed at home and made money. If anything, you didn't get your hair done. Those times you could have went in for your appointments, Yep. You did it. Yep. So even though it's so you've more, got money. yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and it's just, and it's also, they have to understand, but yeah, from restaurants to, I hear like a lot of like my chef clients or friends or, you know, everything, everything's just, especially trying to get lumber right now is very, you know, that's totally, yeah. you know, very expensive, you know, so everything. Yep. So, I mean, and it's also being fair, but they have to understand. And I think, yeah, yeah and it is trying to get the team excited again, but going, well, look, you buy color, color has gone up. Do you want to be the one who gets cheated at the very end of it, of all that hard work? So it's just trying to remind them, like, there's a positivity of this. There's no, like, out to get anyone. It's just because yeah, that's it's just, just what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they want to, they need to pay their bills too. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, I'm glad you said that. I feel the mm-hmm. same way. I think people mm-hmm. don't want to have those tough conversations about um, pricing that that's so important to have a successful salon. And when the mm-hmm. hair color and all that's going up, we have to go up and that's in any business, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the things I love about our podcast is we have um, small business owners from all different lines because my background is actually in auto repair. So we oh. attract, yeah, I owned an auto repair shop. So we attract a whole group because all of the stuff that I like to talk about on our show basically is any business you have when parts go up or when labor goes up. I mean, all of that stuff affects no matter what mm-hmm. kind of business you have, even if it's not a salon. Yeah. So I had a couple questions about mm-hmm. basically, since you just opened, you're basically at six months now, what are some of the things you learned when opening your salon that might help? And even if it was a different business, it, you know, it could be kind of generic of when you open, what, what did you learn from that? What I learned, well, we talked about earlier is definitely getting the numbers or at least yep. having a decent idea to yep. um, get a good accountant, like, yep. or just one of those, again, like the boring stuff we're not in it for, but so important, hire one of those because you just definitely don't want to be surprised by the end of the year, you know, right. oh my God, what, or where's this, all this money going to? So yeah. that, and I would say just learning to constantly like pivot and change. Like I know change is hard sometimes, but as we've seen, I mean, if people still want to continue how it was back then, yeah, there's some worth ethics that are always going to be, you know, like, uh, 
important and you know it's repeated it's cliche but for a reason but then there's also but there's also like you have to right if you're still not going with the times you could still I just feel like you'll get left behind you know especially how things have rapidly changed and like does you have like touchless this and that like you know sure cash is important too but you know at the end of the day like if you don't pivot with what's going on or at least try to like want to evolve in the business Yeah, you'll get left behind, you know? Yeah. Well, and listening to what your clients want, like you said, with the touch mm-hmm. list, you know, people don't want to touch. So we even did that. Um, the end of last year, we got new mm-hmm. credit card readers, which have mm-hmm. the touch list now, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, people don't want to hand it over and so forth. So that was really good. Now, what are some of the things that you would do differently if you mm-hmm. had to do it again? Let's see. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what would I do differently? Um, yeah. What was a struggle that you didn't anticipate that maybe somebody else could learn from? You know, I think learning how to delegate more. I think as like, you know, I guess as um, owners or pe- entrepreneurs, we want to do mm-hmm. everything ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, not that we're incapable, but it's like, you just get so spread out so yeah. thin and yeah. it's like learning like, okay, you know what, this, I, I cannot do this, but then it's like, oh, you know what, I'll do it myself. Like I have, I, I tend to want to always like, you know what, it's okay. I got this, but it's like 50 other things I got to do. So I think is learning how to like properly delegate and yeah. just like the, the little tasks, not that they're not important, but it's like, you know, there are bigger things that we should be working on. And I think that's, and I still have to kind of you know, catch myself doing it, but it's really learning how to like delegate, like, okay, can I just have her do this instead of me having to do this while I, and really you get to focus on the right task. So I would say that's one thing, um, I've been learning and let's see, um, what would I do differently? Okay. Mm -hmm. Huh. I, know, I'm, I guess because I'm still so new, I'm like, I'm learning as we go along. It's more yeah, like I wouldn't, you will. I, I guess I don't actually quite regret this, but it's like, okay, we're opening something in a pandemic, but again, in a way, maybe this is working out. So I guess, yeah, you yeah. know, that yeah. I, I used to think that I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, but in the beginning, because it was just so um, unsure, but, and also yeah. I think um, getting a better, system for appointments, which we finally did. Mm-hmm. At first mm-hmm. I was doing the like texting, you know, like, and at yeah. first I liked it. I thought, oh, you know, like it's so good personal. because I know who's there, you know, and yeah. by all means that is still important, but I started to, and I guess maybe that goes with delegation is that I was afraid of online booking because I didn't want the client just clicking like touch up, tint touch up. Oh, I get yeah. in that spot and it's a whole color correction. So yes. it was like, so it was, but it was also like, do I need people texting me at like 11 PM? You know, some people just like, I thought of yeah, this they do. and, and, I, yeah. and I, I don't quite answer, but it's so hard not to have it. Like, ugh, like you yeah. want to like answer and like, no, no. So I think it's finding a good system. And at, we don't, since we're a smaller salon, quite have a um, receptionist, but mm-hmm. because with the, on, once I found a good online, like that, I personally liked it made all the difference. And maybe people are doing this before, but I was just afraid to like, I've had other ones where it was like, that is not what you're in here for. And then, you know, back then when we'd have our stack day. So I think is finding a good system, which I've really, I don't know if most people have used this. I've seen gloss genius around and there's other, so many other ones, but I just, I really see it tailored to the hairstylist and that you still have control Mm. despite it booked online, but also 
knowing that it's there helping you and you get like this yeah. mini receptionist kind of, I mean, maybe there's That's other nice. ones that do that, but it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, think I, I, had that. I would say that mm-hmm. we've had the same problem with us where they book the wrong thing, you know, and I don't know how you can tell, but we have a hard time when it's a new client. So we've got all of our regulars educated to know where to go in to book their mm-hmm. slot because it says returning client. So we cut and then it pulls up their history. Right. But with mm-hmm. new ones, they pick the wrong thing all the time. And then, and it's just, you know, it's very hard with the online, but they yeah. do. And I see the times that those come in because I get an email every time just so I can keep an eye on both yes, of the stores exactly. when they're coming in. Absolutely. They're all yeah. hours. Like you mm-hmm. said, like 11 o'clock at night, I guess they just decided, oh, I think I want to get my hair done. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh, kind I mean, of yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I just thought of this right now. It's like, and at least better to get it through email than like your phone going off. And I yes. have to just kind of still turn that. And I also think, yes. Um, and another thing I think really just uh, like remembering to take time for yourself, easier said than done, but you know, as a business owner, right. It's like, I'm it's glad also- you said that. I was just going to ask you, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? So, and I had to get back at this again, because I started to realize, you know, you're so focused. And again, I think that's anyone starting a a business. It's almost like a a birth, I guess you could say, or like a new relationship. You're all about it. You want to, you know, you want to nurture it. You want, you don't want to be like, it's open by, I I walk away. You know, it, it is important to really, but then I started to realize like, no, you know what, as much as I love it, I, I, want to still enjoy the things that I do. And, um, some things I actually do is I play drums. I'm still taking, I was taking lessons and I'm still a beginner ish. I'm decent, but you know, of course got a long way to go and I really like to do it. And I'm lucky where I'm at. My house is like the, the acoustics are good and the neighbors do not hear me. So I'm not annoying them. So it's kind of good. Yeah. Like it doesn't really sound like much. So it's just, uh, getting back to doing that again. And it, and it's in my living room, it's sitting there, but for some reason you just forget things. So I think it's, um, getting back to doing that again. I really enjoy that. And, um, well, soon enough when we, we can, I do enjoy traveling, like I'll work, 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 and then take time to travel and then work, work, right. work. So it's, it's that kind of thing. So, and, uh, and, you that. know, yeah. And doing little road trips when I can. So that's what that's I, I enjoy. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's so funny. You, you, you went right into every question that I had going forward. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's why Brooke knew we connect so well. So why don't you tell us how we can find you? If anybody wants to see your salon, I know you have an oh, yeah. amazing Instagram. How can someone get a hold of you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, grega.la. So it's G-R-E-G-G-A. It's like Greg with an extra G and an A. And then dot LA. <laughs> and, yeah, then, I I, and we're also on Facebook as well. Um, you know, Facebook yeah. slash grega.la. But, you know, I'm sure it'll connect you to that. But anytime, yeah, you can, we're mainly more active on that. Cause right. You, everyone wants to see the photos. Everyone. We yeah. also have a website. It's um, www.grega.la. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you have a great yes. website too. Thank and you. you guys check her out, follow her page. She has an awesome page, posts really great content. You have great uh, pictures and stuff. And if you got massive value from this episode, please leave us a review and hit subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we have uh, our coach Kayla on with us. And if you'd like to go deeper with my team on some of the stuff that Gregor was talking about, your cash flow charts, making sure you have the right accountants, the 
booking systems and so forth, we can go through all of that with you. You can book a free 30-minute call at the sevenfiguresalon.com. And we'll see you next week with another episode of the Seven Figure Salon podcast. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>